For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Larry Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. Jordan's going to rub his man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. Hello, Wizards fans. Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Matt Moderno. Our last podcast, admittedly, was a bit of a downer, so going to be a little more uplifting today. Uh, we're going to talk about Summer League, which is a thing that I generally am excited about. I'm going to be there in person for the Wizards' first two games on Saturday and Sunday, so that's pretty exciting. And hopefully, uh, you know, there's enough bright spots on this team for us to, like, get some renewed energy and, and kind of shake off uh, any of the, the negative vibes we had from the other night. For anybody who hasn't seen the schedule yet, they play on 7-9 against Detroit. It's at 6 p.m. Eastern time. It'll be on ESPN2. The notable names on the Detroit team, supposedly Sadiq Bey, Cade Cunningham, Killian Hayes, Jaden Ivey, and Isaiah Stewart are all playing, which those are guys that will actually get rotation minutes on their, their big ball club. A couple other fun names for college basketball fans, Jules Bernard from UCLA, uh, Buddy and Jimmy Bayheim are both on the team, interestingly enough. Isaiah Livers, pretty good player for them. Cam Mcgusty out of Miami, who I really like. And Charlie Moore, smaller player, who probably won't play in the NBA, but could be interesting from a summer league perspective. Also from Miami and like five other schools will, will be on their team. Their second game is on Sunday, July 10th against Phoenix. That's at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time on NBA TV. A little less talent, I'd say, on the Suns roster compared to the Pistons roster. Uh, Vrenz Blindberg, interesting player, 6'11", kind of small forward playmaker on their team will be good. Lewis King, another forward. Ashbourne Mitgard, who worked out for the Wizards pre-draft two years ago uh, on the team. I don't actually think he's that good. He is a large man, but he's got a cool name, so I think that counts for something. Olivier Saar that played at uh, Wake and Kentucky, a good player I like, so I think um, he'll be worth watching. And then McKinley Wright out of Colorado, really good point guard, a little undersized, but a guy I really liked pre-draft. So. That'll be interesting. Their sec, or excuse me, their third game is not until the 13th against the New Orleans Pelicans. It's at 6 p.m. Eastern time on NBA TV. The Pelicans roster is another really loaded one, in my opinion. Uh, Darian Seaburn out of NC State, really good player that they have, kind of a slashing 6-5 point forward guard wing kind of thing. Um, I think he'll be a good NBA player. Jared Harper, uh, kind of a smaller, undersized, but fun guard to watch. Najee Marshall, who played for the actual Pelicans team a good amount last year. And you've got Dyson Daniels, their big draft pick. John Butler, who I really liked, skinny player out of Florida State. He's basically a seven foot, 185 pound guard, essentially, which, you know, if he ever puts it together and, and fills out and stuff like that, I think he'll be a good player. Postseason darling, Jose Alvarado is supposedly playing. Trey Murphy out of Virginia. Uh, EJ Liddell, who just got drafted at Ohio State, he'll make um, an appearance for them as well. So, 
some really just like fun players to watch. I think that'll make them kind of um, an interesting team to see us match up against. And then finally, on the 15th, they play the Pacers at 9 p.m. Eastern time. That's on ESPN2. Isaiah Jackson, who was a part of the Isaiah Todd trade. So it would be good to see the two of them maybe matched up together and maybe make us sad, depending on how the two players look. Benedict Matherin, who was a fan favorite with Wizards fans, you know, pre-draft will be uh, in you know, in action for them, presumably by the fourth game. Uh, Chris Duarte, another player that the Wizards were high on. Myself and Kevin Broom left Terry Taylor, basically a six foot five power forward slash center. Really interesting, super productive, but undersized player who played some for the Pacers this year. Andrew Nemhart, who was another fan favorite, I think, among Wizards fans. So that'd be good. Kendall Brown, who I really liked out of Baylor. Jermaine Samuels, another Villanova guy who I'm sure will just stick in the league because Villanova guys always seem to. Tevin Brown out of Murray State, who I really liked. Um, kind of a 6'5", playmaking shooter, really good off movement. I think he's going to be a steal for them. Uh, Nate Hinton, who had a cup of coffee in the league the last year. So uh, just, just some really fun names. So uh, that's who they play. And those are the four games. If they do well enough in those four games, they can advance into a sort of like a, a playoff round. So we'll see what those look like. I believe those would start on the 16th. Uh, but, you know, that's all sort of TBD based on on matchups and stuff like that. So with that, I've got a special guest coming in here in a minute to help me go through the Wizards Summer League roster. And we'll kind of break down those players because there's a lot of names I don't think everybody's familiar with. So stay tuned for that. But first, a word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online can be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news and even next season's NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe B L E A V to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay, with that, uh, let's get into our sort of summer league roster breakdown preview pod action episode, hopefully more positive take on Wizards World uh, than our last episode was. So stay tuned. Okay, I'm pleased to be joined by my favorite partner to podcast with and partner to go through life with. My wife, Kim, is here again. Our mailbag episode earlier in the summer was pretty well received. So I was able to co-opt her into coming back on and, and talking about the summer league roster with me. Kim, welcome back. Thanks. You're lucky um, it's summer, so I'm not quite as booked, able to pencil this in, but I do appreciate the positive feedback on our last pod. Having not potted before, it was nice. I do thrive on positive reinforcement. So thanks, guys. Glad to be back. Yeah, I think uh, that was as good as a podcast debut can go for everyone. As we mentioned on the last appearance Kim made, she is a teacher, so Hence the free summer, although she is not coming with me to summer league. I think the 12 hours a day of basketball wall to wall might've been just a tiny bit too much to entice her to come in. Yeah. 11 and a half is my cutoff. That's, might be mine too. We'll okay. see. So we're just going to go through the roster here and we'll talk about the names that are sort of noteworthy and people may or may not have heard of and spend more time on the ones, well, that are worth talking about, but also maybe the ones that people are less familiar with. So uh, we've got their sort of published list. It's seemingly uh, in alphabetical order. So we're just going to roll with that. Why don't you start us off here? All right. Up first, we're going to be talking about Vernon Carey Jr., who is a 6'9 forward slash center. Yeah. Notice the weight there, too. 270. 270. He's a big, he's a big boy. I was going to say, is that a lot? I think that's probably like under 
when you're six nine i just don't know what's appropriate that's totally fair um for point of reference seven foot six yao ming who never looked all that jacked was like 360 pounds that's a lot which is crazy i always think that's funny to me i just know 190 is too little because of chet holmgren that's right that's all but after that i don't understand we did keep hearing that all uh pre-draft process and and during his first summer league game which we both watched the other night so Vernon Carey does not have that problem he is a large bulky individual uh, people who watch ACC basketball probably remember him from Duke. He had a really good freshman season. He's just like a bulldozer in the paint. If this had been, you know, 1998, he's a guy that honestly would have been sort of more highly coveted coming out of the draft, but he's sort of an old school traditional center. He's not like big enough, you know, like to really justify kind of how slow and plodding he is. Unfortunately, doesn't stretch the floor particularly well. Not much of a defensive presence as a shot blocker, rim protector. So I don't really know what he brings to sort of a modern NBA team, not to totally discourage everybody. I think he'll be super productive uh, at the G League level because he just is a load uh, in the paint. So so that'll be kind of interesting to see how people, you know, try to match up with him and stop him around the basket. You know, what's funny about him. He has the exact same birthday as our next roster person, Johnny Davis. Guard, 6'5", lottery pick. Which I actually think might be a typo, to be oh. honest. Uh, I think that's, that's somebody on the PR department really just reusing a birthday from one player to another. So I'll have to confirm that while we continue potting here. Upon further um, research via the Google, he does not have the same birthday as Johnny Davis. So somebody in the Wizards PR department totally ruined my segue and they've got some explaining to do. The wizard screwing things up. Uh, <laughs> this is a first and only time I'm sure we'll ever say that. Yeah. So he is a little bit younger than Vernon Carey, which is good. So yeah, our, our next guy, Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis. I think folks at this point are probably more familiar with Davis than a lot of these names. Obviously out of Wisconsin, he was a sophomore. He was the Big Ten player of the year. Sort of a slashing combo-y guard. Maybe even you could say combo guard forward, because uh, I think he can guard some threes in the NBA, you know, especially off the bench. There are a lot of teams that go smaller, sort of that wing position. And I think, you know, he's strong enough and just athletic enough to be able to do that if the matchups are right. I think for all of us as a fan base, we're really just hoping for like the Johnny Davis, like breakout, you know, coming uh, coming of age story here, you know, like during during this um, summer league experience, Keegan Murray, uh, probably the runner up for Big Ten player of the year out of Iowa, looked mostly pretty good in the California Classic, sort of the pre prelude to the um, real summer league here. So hopefully Johnny Davis can kind of be similarly productive and maybe we'll see him play a little point guard here and, and kind of work on that. Although given the makeup of the roster, uh, there's probably more sort of traditional point guards, I would say. Uh, but yeah, I expect Davis to get a featured role in the offense, expect him to start probably at least the first couple games. It wouldn't surprise me knowing the Wizards if they shut him down after like game number two or something, if he looks reasonably well. The fact that we think all of our forwards from the last couple drafts are so good that they're exempt from summer league says a lot, like Corey Kispert and maybe even Denny Avdia should be here realistically. But mm-hmm. That's uh, just not really how we roll. So, yeah, that's Johnny Davis. <laughs> Next up, we have Devon Dodson, guard 6'1", 185. So, yeah, he spent a little bit of time, I want to say 
Utah drafted him originally. Maybe no, that was Nas Bouquet's college team. So he came out of Kansas. He was on a team that very realistically could have won the national championship until COVID canceled the NCAA tournament. I think he would have probably been a bigger name for folks if they had gotten to see him in that atmosphere because the guy's an absolute like speed demon. Um, he's, he is undersized. Kim mentioned he's listed at six foot one. Realistically, he is probably smaller than that, which is why he probably doesn't ultimately latch on to an NBA team for sort of meaning as a meaningful contributor, but spent a little time bouncing around the NBA here, played some with the bulls. And, uh, you know, he's a nice enough player that I think if you could get him, especially on the capital city, go, go, I think that'd be a real win for them. We complained a lot about last year, not having like real true point guard play on the summer league roster. And, And I think Dotson kind of immediately, takes care of that. Although, um, you know, after a year of watching years of watching Ish Smith and Howell Neto, we probably don't want another pipsqueak point guard, you know, joining the actual wizards roster. <laughs> pipsqueak. It's not a nice thing to call somebody probably in basketball. Probably not something I would say to his face. And normally I'm the, I won't say anything about you that I won't say to your face type, but um, I, I mean it respectfully, of course. Yes, of course. Um, next up, Jaime Echenique. Center, 6'11", 258. First Colombian-born player, Colombia the country-born player to play uh, in the NBA for a small cup of coffee. And he was very excited about it. There's like video of him crying at the embassy, which was really cool. I feel like I saw that, yes. Yeah. So I was a really productive player for the Capital City Go-Go last year. He's in a similar boat to Vernon Carey. He, he is kind of big and plotting. He's a load around the basket once again. He's a very good rebounder. A uh, good post score, not particularly versatile. Uh, unfortunately, I, I think he is bigger than Carey, like taller and longer. So maybe that helps him be a little bit more of a of a rim protecting presence. But similarly, he's going to be a tough matchup for people in the summer league. He's a little older than some of these guys, so um, you know, is there much room left to develop at this point? I think you know we'll see, but. I certainly wouldn't be opposed to seeing him back on the Capital City Go-Go roster at the very least. We like trailblazers. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And the Wizards love international players. So Colombian Heritage Night is bound to happen at some point. I had a great student from Colombia once. Never forget him. It was awesome. There you go. All right. Up next, (laughs) we have Jordan Goodwin. Um, guard six, three, a very even 200 pounds. That's perfect. Yeah. Nice and easy to, to read off the stats when they're not some crazy number like that. Uh, so Jordan Goodwin, obviously I'm a little biased. He is a friend of the show, St. Louis's own Jordan Goodwin. He's a two-time guest here. I'm going to try to get him on post summer league again. He might be sick of coming on here and telling us about summer league every year, but we'll, we'll see if we can pull that off. I actually think Goodwin is one of the better bets from this summer league team to, at least get a couple call-ups to the Wizards roster. You know, he's a bigger guard. When we talked to him this last time, which it was right after the season. So if you didn't hear this, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. It had some really good insight about how much overlap there is between the Capital City Go-Go and their coaching staff and and their practicing with the Wizards and what he's learned from Tommy Shepard and Wes Unsell Jr. specifically. But but Goodwin's six foot three. He's really athletic. He's more of sort of a slashy combo guard than a pure point guard. But if we wanted someone to go out and play the role of like defensive menace, I think Goodwin has the tools to do that. And if that's the role for him, uh, he seems very eager to go out and play that. So, you know, if, if we want a bigger backup point guard, 
he could definitely do that. He's a great guard rebounder, so he could kind of push the ball in transition. High amount of steals. He is not the most efficient shooter, but I think in a more simplified role, he could definitely um, kind of up those percentages when he's not relied on to like carry the offense uh, at the G League level. So I'm, I'm high on Goodwin. And uh, I, I think it's a good sign for him that he's back this year and means he probably at the very least gets like a training camp invite and, and beyond. I like him because his birthday's in October. Shout out October birthdays. Um, Tyler Hall, guard 6'5". I'm going to be very honest. I had no idea who this person was until I looked him up. He's from Montana State. And I mentioned on this podcast before, I watch a lot of very random basketball, especially you know, further West stuff that's on late at night. And I had still never heard of Tyler Hall. He played last season for the Westchester Knicks. And apparently I saw him play in person, Mm -hmm. which is probably not an amazing sign that I I didn't say he did not make an impression. (laughs) Yeah. That's not probably what you want. Uh, He averaged 15 points, four rebounds, three assists for the Westchester Knicks last year, shot about 37% from three on nine attempts per game. And in the one game that I saw him in person against the go-go, it was a Westchester Knicks win. And he had 16 points on five of 13 from three. So this dude is going to just jack him up kind of no matter what. And the percentage seems decent enough. So I think that's the role they're expecting him to come in and play is the perimeter gunner for the team. And the two first two games of the year were against the Knicks and I think he had 14 points and 18 points in those two games, respectively. Again, mostly coming from the three-point line. So we'll we'll see if that kind of is valuable to them as another shooter off the bench. I'd say. I'm interested in this next person, Pieria Henry, guard 6'5", 197, because he's born in 1993, which is only five years younger than we are. So sure. why aren't you out there at summer league is my question. Yeah. It's maybe the not good I, at basketball, oh. undersized, overweight at this point, you know, all those kinds of things. Okay. But yeah, it, I was going to say like these after 2000s birthdays, it's like, okay, we're too old for this, but 93 go you here. Yeah. He's um, still kicking it out there. He's hanging on for, for the OGs here. I think uh, he is an interesting one. Our most recent guest on the pause, Osmond Vague. Uh, Oz has kind of been high on on the 29-year-old. So he's like a six foot four point guard-ish kind of player, slasher, defender. He was the EuroLeague's best defender. Or no, sorry, finished fourth in EuroLeague's uh best defender voting last year, which is still a, a pretty good honor because a lot of times those things go to bigger guys. So to get it from the point guard spot means you were actually like causing some mayhem out there. And Fun fact, I mentioned this on the last pod, but he did play with Jan Vesely last year. So that's a cool throwback callback to Wizards past. Uh, we did get some nice commentary from folks that uh, we were screwing his name up last episode um, because he played overseas. Doesn't mean he is a, an international born player. Um, so it isn't Henri, it is Henry. And I had to go back and watch some. Um, did I say Henry? You killed it. Okay. You, you did. You killed it. But we messed that up last episode. So you were ahead of the curve here. Good research. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'll shout out to my research um, interns. That's right. Uh, next up on the roster, Quentin Jackson, guard slash forward, 6'5, 173. Oh. Yeah, that, that's, that's the problem. So mm-hmm. you have just nailed sort of the reason he's probably not an NBA player right now. Uh, he's he's athletic. He's got long arms. He's got a lot of stuff you want. He's a little bit of a combo offensively, I think. He can play some one and two, 
makes some really good plays, especially uh, on the defensive end where he uses that athleticism. He gambles kind of a good amount, but seemingly in a good way. I've had to go back and watch a good amount of Texas A&M to get smart on him because actually our very well-educated listener base was way ahead of me on this one and, and seemed to really latch on to Quinton Jackson. So um, n- not sort of a great shooter, but, but solid and not a great ball handler, but solid, not a great passer, but solid. So I think he'll do a lot of like different things. Okay. At um, sort of the NBA slash G league level, it's just, he's really small. And if you're relying on him to be like a point of attack or even perimeter defender for you, it, he'll get demolished by getting screened by some of these bigger guys. Like, even in practice, um, running into Eshenike and Kerry Jr. and players like that, he's going to get like banged up a little bit. Uh, but, you know, if, if he can kind of continue to bulk up and like do what we hope Chet will do, as we mentioned at the uh, onset here, I, I think he's probably got maybe a more realistic shot at latching on to an NBA team longer term than a lot of these guys. So uh, we'll see what he brings to the summer league team. My hopes are with him. Yeah. So the odds be. Uh, and I think that that's probably a name for folks. If you want to go spend five minutes watching highlights of somebody, um, Quentin Jackson is is probably a worthwhile name to, to take a couple minutes on of the ones you haven't heard of here. Up next, uh, Tajir McCall. So this is a fun one. Um, Post draft, it was like 1.45 a.m. and we're sitting in the media room and uh, Tommy Shepard, Wizards president and GM, started talking about you know, the, the players that he was going to have in for the veteran mini camp and the three he named specifically were Chris Dunn, who we'll mention at the end here, uh, Taj McCall, who Kim just mentioned and, uh, Devon Dotson, who we talked about at the beginning. So they must like him if he was one of the three names he chose to spotlight ahead of even people that had been in the organization. I think McCall is somebody that is going to like win some, you know, fan votes as like a fan favorite because he's going to play like really hard and he's going to get like up in people defensively for some turnovers. I think he can be like a point of attack defender as Kim, you mentioned, he's six foot four. I didn't mention that. I forgot. Oh, you didn't. Okay. So you should mention as Kim meant to mention he is six foot four. So pretty good guard size. I think we're talking about somebody in like the Gary Payton jr but not quite as athletic mold. So also a little bit older, born in 1994. Not to be confused with Gary Payton II. Oh, this Correct. is, no, we meant Gary Payton II as what I meant. So you are actually right. Good job. Oh, I love it when I get things right. For anyone not familiar with that, um, Gary Payton has two sons. One is Gary Payton II and one is Gary Payton Jr. They have different moms. The one that played for the Wizards was Gary Payton II. So wonderful job. Uh, so... <laughs> That's worth a Google for anybody that wants to go down that rabbit hole for a couple minutes, though. Um, it's it's interesting. So McCall played at Niagara and Tennessee State. And last season, he played in the New Zealand NBL. Obviously, everybody's familiar with the Australian NBL, of which there are teams in New Zealand. But there is also a New Zealand only version of that, which is actually there's the summer version going on right now. He played for the night and day Otago Nuggets. So uh, I think that's one of the better team names I've heard in a while, but uh, it was day and night. Yeah, pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, the reverse of that. So the Otago Nuggets, kind of love that. And he's by all accounts, like a really good culture guy. Tommy Shepard mentioned that specifically, that it's like a guy 
he's got some sort of connection or ties to that he really would like to see succeed. And uh, yeah, so so we'll see. I, I think he'll bring at the very least like somebody that will work hard and defend. And maybe that's contagious with the rest of this summer league roster. Up next, we have Davion Mintz, guard 6'3", 195. Yeah, out of Kentucky. Uh, I want to say he was a five-year player there. So a little bit on the older side. Uh, yeah, he's he's just one of those guys where he's going to be like pretty solid across the board. I think enough people watch Kentucky that they've probably seen him play a little bit. If anyone was going back to watch Ty Ty Washington film pre-draft, you've probably noticed Mintz in, in some way. I... I think there's probably a reasonable case you could make that he probably should have played more for them last year. And one of the people I lean to for draft stuff and actually confirmed some of my notions about these players, Bryce Hendricks, who we've had on the show before um, mentioned specifically, he thought men should have played over severe Wheeler, the Kentucky point guard, because he he is a good defender and um, is good pick and roll passer. uh, But he'll get up in people and, and hound them point of attack, make some smart gambles. And uh, plays pretty physically, good athlete, though kind of not anything super crazy. Uh, but but in Bryce's opinion, he was a good bet to be like a solid G League point guard uh, next year and, and could help people like Todd develop. And I, I tend to agree with him. So I don't think he'll ever be like probably a real contributor at the NBA level for anything more than a cup of coffee. But, you know, you, you need some solid guys who are used to playing around talented people in the NBA. Um, did you mention somebody's first name was Severe? I did, yes. S A H V I R. Severe Willen. Okay. So not severely. But still, it's yeah. pronounced severe. And that's. He's a little guy. Severe. Um, oh, so it's like a fear tactic? I, yeah, maybe. He's just kind of like imposing with people with his name. Got I don't it. Know. We'll see. Unfortunately, he's not on the roster. But up next, maybe next is. <laughs> we love small point cards. <laughs> up next is Jordan Shackle, guard forward. 6'6", 200 pounds. So anybody who watched the Capital City Go-Go last year saw Shackle. He was pretty heavily featured, especially offensively. He went to San Diego State where he was like a legit sharpshooter. He and Corey Kispert were probably two, like the two best West Coast shooters uh, that two years ago. Um, so he's somebody that that's really what they're hoping that they get at him is like high-level shooting. I don't think he shot the percentage he probably would have liked or they would have liked him to shoot uh, from, from the three point line. But, you know, we saw with Corey Kispert, no matter how good a shooter you are, that's still an adjustment to the NBA line. He's got really good form. And I expect at a, you know, at a certain point, he'll kind of get up to the 40% ish level that everybody expects to, he was like mid to high thirties. So not like bad by any stretch, but just not like an absolute sniper got decent size. Honestly, I really think he could give you a large amount of what Corey does, but you know, maybe it's, 80% version of for a lot less money. And uh, yeah, you wouldn't have had to spend the 15th pick on him. So interesting. I think their hope was he could be like kind of the Garrison Matthews replacement. Matthews, I think was a better movement shooter than Shackle probably is, which probably limits him to some extent, but yeah, Jordan Shackle, go back and watch a go-go game. I'm sure he scored 14 points on five of 13 shooting in whatever game you go find. Go, go back and watch a go, go game. You're on fire today. <laughs> I'm not. Um, up next, Pat Spencer, guard 6'3", 205, birthday on the 4th of July. Very cool. Very patriotic. Pat Spencer is sort of like an American success story, you know. I True think American hero. That's exactly how I would phrase it. Uh, <laughs> he went to Northwestern, was like 
basically the best lacrosse player in the country and opted to make a career of basketball instead. Uh, as you mentioned, he is a six, three guard. He's kind of more like a combo guard, like a crafty below the rim scorer. come off the bench, give you a little shot of offense kind of thing. Tough in transition. I really liked watching Pat Spencer's game. I think he's a real asset for a team like the go-go. I don't know what his route is to playing in the NBA long-term because he isn't a pure point guard. So if you're more of like a six foot three shooting guard, who's not a knockdown shooter, it's a really tough road. And he's not like a great defender at this point. So I think it's an uphill battle for him, but he's just like a cool story. And I would encourage anybody to, again, look him up, read some of the stuff on on him and and his kind of choosing basketball over a you know pro lacrosse career. So you know, best of luck to him. I'm gonna say it probably has to do with the money. Well, they're not making a ton of money in the G League too, so that's kind of betting on himself to get enough tape to get a good overseas job. The or, ceiling is higher. It, it's exactly right. You nailed it. Um, <laughs> Bradley Beal could attest to that. Yeah. That's sorry, true. sorry. 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 Subject. Too soon. Too We're soon. keeping this positive. <laughs> Up next, Craig Sword, uh, another guard, six three, one ninety six. So we, we did a good amount of G League coverage throughout the year. So if you've been listening to the pod, you've heard me talk about Craig Sword. I first became familiar with him last year. During the summer TBT event, he played for a friend of mine's team who ultimately finished second in the tournament. He's like a super defender, and he played a couple games for the Wizards this year, and I think people saw that. Again, probably like a slightly less athletic version of Gary Payton the second. So he got it right this time. Mm -hmm. Good catch. Uh, But he's just not not that level of athlete. Again, 6'3", little undersized for sort of like a 3 and D kind of player. And he doesn't shoot it probably quite well enough, but he is a very impactful defender. He plays really hard. He's a good dude that will like raise the intensity level for people. And if he got like the last spot on an NBA roster, like I would kind of get it just from that perspective of like, He's going to be like in people's asses all practice long. And hopefully that's a thing that NBA teams could use more of. So even if he got another couple call-ups, if COVID, God forbid, is a thing we worry about again next year and there are more call-ups like there were last season, I would not be opposed to seeing them kind of give Sword uh, an opportunity to come in and get some minutes. He's not a guy either like where you have to, you know, like really wait for him to develop or any of those things. He's sort of plug and play as a come in and just pester people. He will rack up some fouls, uh, especially, you know, in, in certain matchups. So we'll see another older guy born in 1994, probably not going to improve a whole lot from what he is right now. But, you know, sometimes you just need a shot in the arm and, and somebody who comes in and, and wants to guard somebody 94 feet. If you saw what Jose Alvarado did, I think teams are always looking for those kinds of people. And uh, Sword could kind of do that without the point guardy stuff. So. What were you doing in 1994? I think I was watching Power Rangers. Probably watching Jurassic Park for like the third or fourth time. It was 93. So um, my parents were not worried about like restricting murderous dinosaur movies to a five or six year old, apparently. No wonder you are the way you are. No, no judgment, mom and dad. I appreciate (laughs) you if you're listening. Uh, (laughs) Last couple guys here. Um, Isaiah Todd is a six, nine forward. 219 another October baby. So you better say good things about him. I am probably the biggest proponent of Isaiah Todd in the entire Wizards fan base. So you're going to get all kinds of good stuff. Let's do it. You know, people 
don't pay much attention to the G League. And I, I, you know, I'll be honest, I get it. I do think it's better basketball than it gets credit for. But Todd is, he's interesting, right? He's got a lot of tools of things that are hard to find in the NBA. And that's why they coveted him in that draft process. He was apparently really good in his workout here. And I, you know, I, I think that makes sense because he's six, nine, he's a good athlete, decent length. I think he's got like a seven, one wingspan. So not crazy, but still long enough. And he projects as a shooter. Now he doesn't make shots consistently right now, but he'll have a game where he goes five of seven from three. And then one where he goes one of seven from three. So the average isn't great, but there are some nights when you watch him and you're like, holy shit, I see it. Like, this is the blueprint for this guy to be a really hard to find player in the NBA. And eventually Kuzma is going to be gone. Who knows what they do with Rui. And you will need that next sort of infusion of athletic six, nine forward guys that can play a little three for some minutes, a little five for some minutes. And hopefully that's, that's what Todd can do. He actually probably looked a little better for some stretches, although in a smaller sample size, his first year with the G league ignite, I uh, played with kind of a weird team. And then last year's team, I, I don't know that, I, like, I love my guy, Jordan Goodwin, but he isn't like your prototypical pass first point guard. And I think Todd needs somebody to spoon feed him some easier buckets right now. He's got to get stronger. He didn't finish particularly well around the rim, despite being an athlete, but it's very rare that a six foot nine guy who can like tomahawk from just inside the free throw line can also have a game where he goes like six of nine from three. So you're just betting on him putting it together more consistently. According to Tommy Shepard, uh, his evaluation and development is sort of a major reason why we aren't seeing Corey Kispert in this year's summer league, because quote, they prefer to feature Todd and uh, let him get the spotlight a little bit more. So hopefully that was enough positive stuff about Isaiah Todd. So I'm looking forward to watching him now. I need him to look good in the summer league. So I stopped taking shit from people for defending the trade to bring him to Washington. So Isaiah Todd, Baltimore's finest. Let's do this. Let's do it. All right, last up on our roster, Arthur Zagars, guard 6'3", 172, from uh, Latvia. Yeah, from Lowen Braunschweig uh, in the German BBL, I think. So he's interesting. He was an international prospect that was like higher on the radar as a younger player and sort of never really fully came around or developed. 6'3", kind of combo guard like solid pick and roll crafty kind of guy, like almost, I think how I described like Pat Spencer a couple players ago, not crazy athletic and the shooting has kind of fallen off the last couple of years, which is why he is where he is, but you know, he'll, he'll make some special passes. He's got good touch, but I, I don't think this is a situation where we found some diamond in the rough international player that eventually uh, latches on and, and, you know, propels the team to start, you know, superstardom or any of that kind of stuff. So that's the summer league roster for the most part. Uh, Kim, we've talked about who's on the team. Maybe we can spend a couple minutes on who's not on the team. Any names you got for us? Yes. Chris Dunn. Yeah. So we teased him earlier. I think basketball fans are probably aware of Chris Dunn. He was a really productive, bigger, defensive-minded point guard for Providence. I loved him in college, and the thought was always just like, if this dude ever shoots it, he'll be so good. And he hasn't really actually shot it. So I think that's part of the problem. Can't really latch on consistently. Everybody got really excited about his name being mentioned as a part of that veteran minicamp. I don't know if they just, he saw the rest of the roster or 
they talked to him and said, hey, Goodwin looks better or Henry looks better or whoever it is, Dotson looks better. You may not get meaningful minutes. And he decided to go elsewhere. I don't know. I haven't seen his name pop up on any other summer league rosters. So I, I kind of tend to think that maybe they were just using that uh, mini camp as a way to see where he's at and evaluate him. And maybe the plan was never to bring him to summer league. So that could very well be the case. Kyrie Walker. Yeah. So I've got a couple of questions about this. Kyrie Walker, for anyone, again, not familiar, he was a big name high school basketball star recruit, and he opted to skip college to play for Chameleon BX, a team uh, with Frank Mastriano, who's Gilbert Arenas' trainer. I talked about him with Mar- uh, when we mentioned Marjan Bochamp in the pre-draft process. They were two guys that went out to San Francisco to train with Frank and prepare for the draft. COVID shut them down completely, and Kyrie kind of sputtered. And ultimately ended up uh, on the Capital City Go-Go last year. People thought he would kind of come in right away and be this really productive player, but he had essentially hadn't played in like two years. So he's like a 6'4", bigger, maybe a little bigger, 6'5", powerful wing, pretty athletic, not a great shooter, but he could shoot it enough. He makes some good passes. And I, I think the slasher scorer vibe is, is sort of what um, he projects as, but he just was up and down for the go-go when he looked good. He looked really good. I was at a game where he had like 18 points in the first quarter or something crazy or right before halftime, but he could microwave score. And then they wouldn't play him for like the whole second half or even the next game or whatever. So something was going on there that he didn't get consistent enough minutes. And I don't know if they just, he wasn't doing what they were asking him to do, or he came along too slowly or I'm not really sure what the deal is, but I would imagine that we don't see him on this summer league roster is probably a sign that we don't see him back with the go-go next year. So I wish Kyrie Walker the best of luck in wherever he ends up in the future. Yes. Same. Um, Lastly, Grant Riller. Grant Riller. You nailed it. Everybody gets that one wrong too. Grant Riller went to Ryler and things like that. Even those two else. understand the way that. English language works. That's right. As a reading specialist, <laughs> you can uh, you can just, come in here and nail these names. I was I was not sure about that, so I'm not being cocky. I'm just kidding. Uh, similar to how I described Pat Spencer, Grant Miller, another kind of scoring guard. He's a little smaller than Spencer. Honestly, he's probably like six one. Not a pure point guard, but a really good like around the basket finisher. Um, I, if I didn't mention this, went to the College of Charleston, I think, and ended up getting drafted and just kind of couldn't really carve out much of a role at the NBA level. So uh, he was at that veteran mini camp as well and is not on the summer league roster. So I'm assuming that that was probably not a great sign for how he looked compared to these other guys. So just circling back, uh, Kim, of these names, anybody that you're sort of most excited to, to watch or, or see that um, maybe you were less familiar with prior to this convo? Well, we're all in on Isaiah Todd, obviously. So he's, he's number one. Um, I am looking forward to Johnny Davis. His suit at the um, draft was great. Yeah. Good good taste. Maybe some more Taco Bell commercials. He was in a Taco Bell commercial. Oh, where have you been? Come on. Under a rock. Apparently. Yeah. He's killing it with this crunch wrap Supreme, which apparently is the nickname. We need to make sure that latches on so it will be all tweets from me from Summer League will be about Crunchwrap Supreme. He, that's his nickname? We're, we're going to try to make it the nickname. I love Crunchwrap Supreme. I yeah. ate a Crunchwrap Supreme like probably three times a week in college. Yeah. So we'll have like the way Denny does like the lock people up X. We're going to do like a Crunchwrap symbol somehow. Yeah, exactly. You can't see me, but I'm attempting a Crunchwrap symbol. Yeah. It's kind of like you're eating 
a crunch wrap. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, obviously now I hope that that goes mega viral. Yeah, those are my two dudes. I think I'm I'm just gonna stick with that. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think we called them out, you know, reasonably well during this episode. But Quentin Jackson, another name to keep an eye on. Just some of the summer league guys um, or the G League guys that are on the summer league team. Obviously, we'll we'll get reasonably featured. But but Dotson's probably the other name to watch. If he started like the first summer league game at point guard, it wouldn't surprise me. Or if he didn't play at all, I guess it wouldn't totally surprise me. So who knows? We'll who see what knows? they do. Uh, all right, everybody, Summer League, again, uh, they play on the 9th, 6 p.m. against Detroit, the 10th, 5.30 p.m. Eastern against Phoenix, 7.13 against the Pelicans, 7.15 against the Indiana Pacers, and hopefully more games if they do well. The Wizards Summer League team was not particularly good last year. I feel better about this group overall. It is a more uh, sensibly constructed roster, in my opinion, so a little more balanced. So I, I think this is good. I think we're going to see some good enough basketball and some of these guys will probably never really make the roster. It's just about like who are good dudes to help show off our better prospects and have them make more sense in like the context of a real team. So I think this group kind of will better position them to do that than last year's team did. You know that age old phrase, right? What's that? Good summer league, happy husband. That's true. That's very true. That's what we're going for. I think happy <laughs> fan base, you know, it might actually like if you see any old guy media right now, they're like, oh, you can't take away anything meaningful from a summer league game. Yes, you can. Boo. And I can Boomers. say this from being there in person. You can tell when certain guys just look like a level above everybody else. Like the last time you went, I remember hearing all about Tyler Hero. Yeah, the, the Mi- whole time. The Miami Heat team, they had basically Tyler Hero, Chris Silva. Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson. Uh, yes, Duncan. But those two like made a thing of themselves in the big time. And and they looked a, like a level above everybody else. And their summer league team mostly throttled people until they got kind of turned off at the end. But so so you can take meaningful takeaways from summer league. So I think for us, we have very few things to be excited about as a fandom most of the time. So if this team goes out oh, and yeah. looks good, extra meaning for good summer league happy husband after exactly after the bradley beal debacle of 2022 the dark days are hopefully behind us and the summer league will (laughs) be except for they're not because five years okay okay don't take us we can't do that again (laughs) i'm so sorry all right uh as always i'm matt she's kim this was believe in wizards thank you for listening rating reviewing subscribing all that good stuff if there's something you want to see from summer league content wise, let me know. I will try to record a podcast from there. Maybe I can steal a player in the middle of their um, actual games that they have not in, in the middle of the actual I game. Think you should try. Them yeah, the I'm going to do a sideline interview <laughs> in the middle of their slate of games. So maybe after game two on Sunday, we can steal a player for kind of a real time update. And if not, I'll, I'll just see if I can, um, you know, get some, get some good photos and stuff like that. So check us out on social media at the believe in wizards, um, Twitter account. We'll, we'll get some good stuff up there and, uh, probably put it on, uh, bolts forever, uh, page as well. So with that rate review, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we are presented by betonline.ag and we will catch you next time. Go wizards. Woo.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.